Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome back to Inside Arsenal. It is Monday, the start of a new week and the start of Champions League week. Arsenal heading out to Porto tomorrow for Wednesday night's game at the Dragout. I will be flying out tomorrow as well. Mikel Arteta's press conference along with a player due to take place about 7.30pm tomorrow night to preview that game. Hopefully, depending on my flights, because I'm going to have a stopover in Madrid on the way to Porto, hopefully I make it in time and I will be there for the press conference. So keep your eyes peeled for all the usual stuff from me, myself and James Benj are going to be sitting down a little bit later on today to do a, a kind of mini Inside Arsenal Extra Time, I'd probably describe it as. don't think it's going to be quite as long as the, the normal ones, but um, be slightly more extended. And I'm going to put that out tomorrow as one of my regular shows um, rather than a sort of standout Extra Time show um, because I'm not going to be able to record something tomorrow because I'm going to be flying out um, in the morning. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be impossible to record anything in the morning. So I'm going to pre-record that today. And it's going to go out tomorrow morning as usual. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And if you want anything, if you want to be included in tomorrow's show, you want us to talk about anything in today's, then uh, as usual, you know what to do down in the comments below. Start it with extra time and then give your question, your opinion, whatever it is you want us to discuss. I'll put some of them together and get them included in the show. All right. So let's start today, shall we? We've got a few things to talk about today. We want to talk about Gabriel Jesus. We don't know if he's fit yet, but if he is fit, it's going to be really interesting to see what Mikel Arteta does when it comes to Jesus. He's got some big decisions to make um, at the moment, given how Arsenal are playing in his absence. We'll talk about him. Uh, we'll look at what Martin Odegaard's been having to say. Kai Havertz has been speaking. We'll talk about Kai Havertz as well. Lots of love for Kai Havertz in the comments in the last couple of days, which is good to see. It's been a tough time for Kai Havertz since he's arrived at the club. No doubt about that. But he certainly seems to be winning a lot of people over at the moment with his performances. And long may that continue. And as usual, got plenty of comments and questions from you guys as well. So let's start with Gabriel Jesus, shall we? Which is a really interesting one 
kind of touched on it briefly yesterday when I was talking about how Arsenal have been playing in his absence with Leandro Trossard playing as this false nine and you know how this seems to be just freeing up the Arsenal attack a little bit. I don't necessarily that think that's because Jesus isn't there because I think if Jesus is there and he's fully fit, then Arsenal can still play like they're playing as they are now. Um, the only issue with Jesus is, obviously, with the injuries, whenever he comes back, whenever he's fit, he's got to play himself into form, play himself into fitness. And that can take a few a few games. And so when I look at this imminent return, whenever it is, whether it be at Porto on Wednesday night or whether it be against Newcastle, whenever, do you throw him straight back into the side? And that's a big decision for Mikel Arteta because, look, Gabriel Jesus is his number nine. He's his main man. He's his striker, the man he brought in to transform Arsenal's world, as Mikel Arteta described. And he did transform Arsenal's world. There's no doubt about it. He was so transformational last season in terms of how Arsenal played and what we've been used to when it came to their attack. Um, but in his absence, there's no doubt last season when um, Leandro Trossard was playing in that false nine role, Arsenal played very, very well. Trossard played very, very well. And the players around him played very, very well. And we're seeing that again now. At the start of the season, when Jesus was out, it was Eddie Nketiah who was coming in and playing. That is something that we've seen Mikel move away from, certainly since the turn of the year. Nketiah's last start was that game against Fulham when Arsenal were terrible. And that wasn't Nketiah's fault. Nketiah didn't play well, but no one played well in that game. But he hasn't started a game since then, Nketiah. And when Jesus has been out, it's either been Havertz playing as a nine or as we've seen recently, Trossard playing as a nine. And when they do play like that, they all interchange. You know, Kai Havertz is sometimes the furthest man forward. Trossard is deep, almost playing as a pair at times. Um, and it's been working really, really well. And Arsenal have looked really good as a result. And look, results speak for themselves. And Arsenal scored 21 goals in the last five games. In the games since Nottingham Forest, when Jesus got the injury, you know, they've come, they've scored six at West Ham. Um, they beat Liverpool 3-1 and they scored five at the weekend. So they're playing very, very well in his absence. Bringing him back into the side, would it risk that? Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see what Mikel Arteta does. It really does. Because like I said, Jesus is his nine. And you've got to remember, Jesus's last game was Nottingham Forest away when Arsenal won and Jesus scored one, set up the other one and was named man of the match. So he's a very good player. He can't, it's not a case of, oh, he's, he's a terrible player. He shouldn't come into the time. He's a very, very good player, which is what makes the decision such an interesting one and such a difficult one, potentially, for Mikel Arteta to make. Now, I'd love to get your thoughts on it in the, in the comments below, what Arsenal should do when Jesus is available. Like I said, we don't know yet if he's going to be fit for um, for Wednesday night. Arsenal got an open training session at London Colney tomorrow. I'm not going to be there because I'm going to be travelling to Porto at, this, at that same time. Uh, but the TV cameras will be there. Some journalists will be there and we'll see if Gabriel Jesus is training or not. And if he is, then I'm pretty sure the press conference later on that evening is going to be plenty of questions about what Arteta does when it comes to Jesus. You go back to last season, don't you? And again, I spoke about this briefly yesterday. Um, but when Jesus was injured and Trossard was in and doing very, very well, when Jesus came back fit, he came back into the side and Arsenal's results did suffer a little bit. And I don't think that was necessarily down to Jesus because... He scored against Liverpool in the 2-2. He scored against West Ham in the 2-2. So it wasn't like he wasn't scoring. He was. But Arsenal's results did suffer when Trossard was taken out of the side. Um, and he's just such a clever player, Trossard. Wherever he plays, he, you know, he's such a clever player. But in that nine role especially, I just think it really, really works. He's so clever. I think he's a really good finisher. Yes, he missed a couple of chances against Burnley, but he kept going. He got his goal. Um, but I do think he's Arsenal's, probably Arsenal's most clinical finisher which is obviously a good thing when you're in and around the penalty area. But 
I just think his movement as well and his technique and the way he drifts drifts around and the way he seems to have a good understanding with Kai Havertz, with Saka and Martinelli, and they seem to benefit from playing alongside him as well. It's just a really strong option to have. And it seems mad when you think about the impact that Gabriel Jesus made when he came at last he came last season to even think that maybe Arsenal could be stronger potentially without him. And it is mad. And I'm not saying they are stronger without him, but I just think it's, uh, yeah, it's a really interesting decision. I'd just love to get your thoughts on it or what Arsenal should do when it comes to Jesus and when he does return to full fitness. Let me know in the comments below. Um, here's one from Guna Jake who's got involved. He says, morning, Charles. Would you start Jesus in the Champions League and keep the team the same in the league? Jesus has been unreal in the Champions League. Thanks for the uh, tip work always. I think I means top work always. Thank you very much, Jake. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Again, when I talk about how good a player Jesus is, you look at what he's done in the Champions League so far this season. He's been absolutely exceptional for Arsenal. And you can fault his goal record maybe in the Premier League, but you can't fault it in the Champions League. He's been brilliant for City in that competition. He's been brilliant for Arsenal so far this season when he's played it in the group stages as well. He seems to come alive in the Champions League. So that is potentially an option. I don't think if he's fit anyway for this weekend, uh, for this Champions League game, I don't think you come, you, you'd put him straight into the side. You'd, you'd ease him back in. Um, you know, my, my whole debate on what Arsenal do with Jesus is more sort of season long now between now and the end of the season. I don't, I don't think it's really a question for Wednesday night because he hasn't played for a while. Arsenal are playing really well. You don't suddenly bring Jesus and throw him in against Porto on Wednesday night. Um, but uh, yeah, in, in terms of a long run, look, maybe, maybe so. And I, do, uh, yeah, I was going to say I do expect Jesus to pretend to to end up being Arsenal's go-to striker between now and the end of the season, if he does get fit and fully fit and he's fully ready. Um, but is, there is certainly a, a good, um, as you point out there, there's certainly a good sort of conversation to be had about whether maybe he does start in the Champions League and uh, and, and Trostard continues in that role in the Premier League. Uh, thanks for getting in touch, Jake. Martin Odegaard's been speaking after the game at the weekend when he was so, so good in that match. Martin Odegaard, what a player he is, what form he is in right now. And he says that Arsenal have got to really compete for both trophies this season. And is that an unrealistic aim? I don't think it is. I think Arsenal can win the Premier League. I certainly think they can win the Champions League. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to, and it's going to be really hard and they're going to need a lot of luck along the way, but they are good enough to win these competitions. I am absolutely convinced of that. There's nothing I've seen so far this season that um, tells me they are not good enough to win. Um, these competitions. I mean, it would be an absolute dream if you go on and win the double, win the Champions League and the Premier League. But um, Ogar said that's what Arsenal have to do. They have to compete on those fronts. He said, that's what we want to do. We want to compete in every competition we play. And of course, Champions League is a massive one. We are so excited for it. We just want to focus on ourselves each game, keep improving um, every game and we'll see how it goes. We're in a really good moment now. We have to use that momentum, keep building on it and we will see. And now, Arsenal are in a good moment and they do have that momentum. And when you talk about are they peaking at the right time, if they learned the lessons from last season when they flew out of the blocks and then ran out of steam in the second half of the season, have they done it the complete opposite way around this, this time? You know, come out of the blocks slowly, still got results, but in terms of their performance wise, come out of the blocks um, slowly in the first half of the season. And now they're just hitting the peak of their powers at the crucial time. It's something we see Manchester City do time and time again. And it's looking at on the evidence we're seeing right now that Arsenal are doing that and they are benefiting from whatever uh, they sort of did in that first half, whether it be first half of the season, whether that be down to luck or coincidence, I don't know. But that's certainly what we're seeing on the pitch performance wise and the numbers back that up. Um, and Arsenal do need to keep that momentum. Momentum can be a massive thing, especially in the second half of the season. Once you get on that train, you know, you can be very, very hard to stop. We've seen it in 
you know, Arsene Wenger's time, you think back to the run they went on in the second half of the season in the 2001-2002 season, with 97-98 as well. You know, when you get that momentum behind you, you can be very, it just can be so difficult to stop because you, you've got the momentum, you've got the confidence, you could believe you can win every game, you believe you can score lots of goals. You've got to use that to your advantage. And Arsenal are doing that right now. And hopefully they can continue to do that. And Kai Havertz has been so important in it. Um, I'm really enjoying what's going on with Kai Havertz at the moment because he's had a really difficult start to life at Arsenal. There's no doubt about it. All eyes are on him. From the moment he signed, we, you know, we said it in the summer before the season started. It was it was very obvious that the one player out of all the summer signings who was going to probably not be given too much time to adapt was Kai Havertz because of where he was coming from, because of how he'd performed for Chelsea, because of the huge price tag. And he was immediately judged, you know, and I've done it. I did it. Um, we all did it. Um, and, you know, and that's because of his performances. They weren't great. It's, it's easy. You know, it's obvious. He looked pretty timid. He, it didn't look like he fitted into the system. And we were waiting for it to click. We were hoping for it to click, but there wasn't any real sign that it was going to. But there certainly are signs now. And he deserves a huge amount for cre of credit, I think, for knuckling down, continue to continue just to work hard, to continue to try and adapt, to get used to what Mikel Arteta was asking for him. You know, it could have broken a lot of players the first half of the season that Havertz endured at Arsenal and the scrutiny he was under and the criticism he was coming in for. But he just kept going, he kept going, and he just looks a different player now. The... The way he is on the pitch, you know, how involved he is all the time. He's not floating around on the outskirts of a game. He is involved constantly. You look at all the work that Arsenal do, all the goals that he scored, they scored at the weekend. Havertz was involved in all of them. You look back to the West Ham game as well. He's always around. He's always do, do, He's always involved in moves that lead to Arsenal goal, whether it's winning the ball back, whether it's just, you know, a decent little run and a nice pass. He's just always involved. And I think he deserves a, a lot of credit, Kai Havertz, for how he is performing right now. And, the way he has sort of brushed off that criticism he received in the first half. And he's been talking, I mean, look, for, for him going on Wednesday night to Porto, where I'm convinced he'll certainly start that game. I'm sure he will. Um, uh, whether, yeah, it's an interesting, I'm saying I'm sure he will, but then I'm already doubting myself because I, I, I kind of look at Jorginho as a, a player who could come in for that Champions League game. But anyway, he's going back to the drag out where he's got great memories. He scored the Champions League winning, uh, winning goal for Chelsea against Manchester City at the drag out stadium. He's talking about that. Um, after the game at the weekend, he said, look, it's always going to be a nice memory and I'm looking forward to going there. I have good memories there. Things are always going to be hard there, but I'm really looking forward to it and hopefully we're going to win the game. I think every team that plays in the Champions League wants to win it and that's the goal. We all want to go into this competition to go as far as possible, but still you have to look game by game. There are two games to play now. Wednesday's the first one. Try and win it and see for the other game as well. Um, it's just exciting, isn't it? It's really exciting to think Arsenal are in knockout action in the Champions League this week. We've waited a long, long time for this and it is exciting. It's going to be nervy. It's going to be tense. You know, Arsenal should win this game. They're better than Porto. They should win over two legs, but they should have beaten Sporting Lisbon over two legs last season in the Europa League. They didn't. You know, at this level of competition, it doesn't take much for you to go out. You have to be absolutely on it. And Arsenal won't be taking it lightly. You know, Mikel Arteta's got a lot of questions hanging over him about his ability to, to perform in Europe and get his teams to get results in Europe because they have been questionable since he's arrived at Arsenal. So he's going to want to prove a point. He's going to want to prove his doubters wrong that he can do it in the in European competition. Um, and yeah, it's going to be really, really, really interesting to see how it goes. I can't wait. I'm so excited about what's to come this week. And, you know, as I said, we've all waited a long time for this. And now it's up to Arsenal to perform and get themselves through. And 
there's no one to fear in this competition. There's really not. Yes, Manchester City will be incredibly difficult if you get drawn against them. Yes, Real Madrid are going to be incredibly difficult if you get drawn against them. There are plenty of good teams in this competition, but Arsenal are a very good team. No one is going to want to draw Arsenal in the Champions League. I'm completely convinced by that. Um, and so they are a contender. I 100% think they are. Uh, Omar has got in touch about Kai Havertz, sort of following on from that conversation. He says, Havertz is so underrated by most Arsenal fans because he's not as pleasing on the eye as many of our other players. He works really hard, wins most of his aerial duels and creates chaos every time he's involved to play. Yeah, Mikel was speaking about him before the Burnley game, says he loves what he brings to the team. He loves being able to call on him. And I think he is underrated. Um, I don't know if underrated is the right word. I just think, as I said, he had to... He had to survive or come through an awful lot of criticism earlier on and that was always going to come of his way like I said because of where he came from because of his price tag and because Arsenal fans a lot of them quite rightly thought do we really need to be spending 65 million pounds on this guy couldn't we have spent that money better and I think those questions are still there they haven't gone he's got to continue to perform and he's got to continue to get better score more goals um you know there's plenty of room for improvement still when it comes to Kai Havertz but um I don't think it's a case of him being underrated I just think like I said, it, it was there was the, the Chelsea tags are very difficult one to to brush off when you come from Chelsea to Arsenal. Some players can handle it. Jorginho has some players really struggle to deal with it, like Willian and like initially Kai Havertz done. But I think Arsenal fans are, are now certainly beginning to see why I think Mikel Arteta wanted to sign Kai Havertz. But um, there's still a long way to go, and he still needs to keep performing and improving. Like I said, because there is definitely definitely parts of his game he can continue to improve and continue to make more of an impact on this team small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right because rust-oleum's new custom spray five and one gives you control with five different spray patterns so you can tackle nooks crannies edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Just quickly wanted to touch on Samuel Conga. Now, look, I didn't see the game yesterday. I've watched the highlights of it. I saw his fantastic tackle. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it here. Saving a clear goal from Bruno Fernandes. Wonderful play from Conga. Didn't give it up, even when Fernandes went around the keeper. Got back and saved a clear goal. He was named man of the match by Luton fans after the game. Um, and he's having a really good loan spell now. He's come back from his injury. He's really worked hard. He's got himself back in the team. He's having a really good loan spell. And this is an example at the moment of a loan spell working. Now, it's going to be interesting. A lot of people saying, you know, do we, you know, could Lukonga come back and play a part next season? Personally, I don't think so. I think Arsenal probably moved on a little bit now from the, from, from Sambi. There are going to be changes in midfield for Arsenal. So potentially he could, but I still think probably the most likely option at this stage is that Lukonga will, uh, Arsenal will look to get some money back on Sambi come the summer. I think if Luton stay up, you would hope they'll probably try and make that move permanent, such as being the impact that he's made if he wanted to make that move, of course. But I think the most important thing is that the way he's playing right now is that even if Luton don't stay up, 
and they do go down, that he's put himself in the shop window uh, and there'll be a lot of Premier League clubs looking at him and what he's done there and thinking, you know what, that would be a good sign and he's proven he can do it in the Premier League. And that will be an example of the loan system working for Arsenal because there was no real market for Sambi last season. Um, it hadn't really worked for him at Arsenal. He'd had some injuries. He hadn't forced his way into the team. It hadn't really worked for him. So it was a case of what do we do? Let's get him out on loan, get him in the shot window, let him play, let him show. Because he was always a good player. It was obvious he was a good player when he arrived at Arsenal. He just needed to show a little bit more personality on the pitch. And I think as he's growing, as he's playing week in, week out, he's showing that. And from what I saw from him yesterday, and certainly from what people who sat down and watched the whole game saw from him yesterday, um, you know, against a, you know, top one of the country's top teams in Manchester United, that he is beginning to show that personality on the pitch. And that can only be a good thing. So congratulations, Sammy Nkonga. Hopefully he can finish the season very, very well. Uh, Richie here has got in touch. I'm going to um, finish today's show with a few of your comments and questions. As always, Richie's first up. He says, hi, Charles. I tend to agree with the general consensus that Rodri is the best DM in the world. However, if I had to choose between Rodri and Rice for the Arsenal team, it's the easiest of decisions for me. I would pick Rice. What are your thoughts? I mean, that's a big one, that. Um, I think, I mean, it's really difficult. I mean, Rodri is an unbelievable player. He's probably the best of the best when it comes to his position in the world right now. And he has been for a couple of years. I mean, you just look at the weekend again. He saved Manchester City, popping up with the goal to get the point against Chelsea when it looked like they were going to lose. And that protected his run of about 55 games without losing when he started a match for Manchester City, which is an incredible statistic. Um I think the fact that there's even a question about it shows how good Declan Rice is and how well he is playing since he's moved to Arsenal. Um, you know, it'd be very hard. I think, look, Rice is a fantastic player. and I think he's been unbelievable for Arsenal since he's come in. And every week I look at him and I thank my lucky stars that he did not go to Manchester City because it's such a terrifying prospect. Had they won the race, had he chosen to go there, you know, we might as well have just all packed up and gone home. Thankfully, he didn't. Thankfully, Mikel Arteta convinced him that Arsenal was the place for him to come. And it's been an absolute success. Um, but I do think Rodri is probably the best in that position in the world. I think he's a horrible, horrible player. I really don't like him, but he's a brilliant player. Um, and so it'd be a toss of the coin for me. I wouldn't mind who I had. If I had Rodri, I'd be delighted. If I had Rice, I'd be delighted. But again, just the fact that we're even having that conversation and that it is a question shows how good Rice is. Um, and uh, yeah, Arsenal, I'm very, very lucky to have him. Uh, Lloyd here says, hi, Charles. What do you think about our balance up front in terms of chances outright for Saka versus Martinelli on the left this year? I sometimes think Saka gets his opportunities uh, for better numbers because he gets a lot of support and chances through Odegaard and White, whereas Martinelli always uh, doesn't always get the same chance. Changes often get made to the left side, both from game to game as well as during the game. So there isn't much consistency in the partnerships too. Odegaard looks uh, mostly looks to his right and passes to Saka. Martinelli seems to have to work harder and do all his own work to get his chances and goals. What do you guys reckon? <laughs> Am I dumb? No, you're certainly not dumb. Like, I think you're, you're, you're correct. Um, I mean, look, Arsenal's right-hand side is incredibly strong. We saw that last season. It was hugely beneficial for them last season. The partnership that Odegaard, White and Saka has... Um, the understanding they have is fantastic. And so that is a benefit for Bukayo Saka, no doubt about it. And it's far more consistent. As you say, on the left so far, we had, you know, Martinelli was very, very used to what happened last season. You know, he had Zinchenko tucking in. He had Granite Xhaka. He, he knew who was playing, basically, certainly with that understanding of Granite Xhaka. That's gone this season. You've had Havertz, who's had his struggles settling in. Then you've had Vieira. You've had Smith Rowe at times. You know, Jorginho's played in the midfield and that's had meant Declan Rice has played further forward. So for Martinelli, he's always had, as you point out, a different player playing in that left-sided eight role who's the player who's closest to him. And you've had you've had 
Kivior at left back, you've had Zinchenko at left back. So it's been very, very different for Martinelli. Um, so that probably does have an impact on him and he has had to work. You watch him against Burnley, for example, at the weekend. He did so much work in that match. He really, really did. He did not stop working and loads of it he was doing for himself and having to do for himself. Um, so I think you're right. And I think Saka probably does benefit from that understanding that he has down the right-hand side. But look, Martinelli's still good enough to do stuff on his own, as we see. Um, and I thought he was great against Burnley. He was great. In, he's been great recently as well. So, um, so yeah, I think you're right. I don't think you're dumb. I think it's a very good, uh, it's a very good observation you've made there, Lloyd. Um, here's one from I think it was that Ericardo. Is that it says Porto seems like a game I'd like Jorginho to play in, so he can dictate the pace of the game better. But then that will mean Leo might not be in the squad this then weekend. We face Newcastle in the league, and that might be a bit more tough. And we might still need Jorginho in that team. Which of these teams do you think might give us more of a game and would require us to have a bit more control? And which player would you sacrifice up front for a Jorginho? It's a really interesting one here. Um, I think if I do, I agree. I wouldn't be at all surprised if Jorginho plays. I think Arsenal, you've got to factor in, they're going to have three games in seven days this week. They've obviously got Burnley on Saturday. Then they go to Porto on Wednesday and then it's Newcastle on Saturday night at the Emirates. So it's a really difficult week. And it's a week where you, you know, can the same team play those three games with travel, European travel thrown into the mix? Probably not. So he is going to have to rotate his squad a little bit. He is going to have to factor that all in. I think Jorginho might play against Porto. Um, and I would say maybe if that is the case, then it might be Kai Havertz up front and Trossard on the bench. And Jorginho comes in with Declan Rice. Um, but I think Trossard certainly comes back for the Newcastle game. Um, I think Newcastle will be difficult. We know they'll be difficult. They're a good team, but I think Arsenal at home, I think the way they're playing right now, I'm not sure you need Rice and Jorginho in that team together. I think if you're going to have the extra sort of holding midfielder, Porto away in a game of two legs, where you want to make sure you don't do anything stupid and you come back to the Emirates with the results still very much in your hands, then that's the one you look for a little bit more control in. So it wouldn't surprise me if Jorginho plays in that game. Um, and if he does, I think it's probably, I think Havertz might move up front and George, and Trossard might potentially um, drop to the bench. But we'll have to wait and see on that. Whatever Mikel does, he's going to have some plenty of strong options to call upon. And we don't even know yet who's coming back and who might be available. Like I said, we'll find out a little bit more, more on that in the open training session, which takes place tomorrow morning at London Colney. Okay, everyone, that is it from me. Thank you very much for watching or for listening. Like I said, we're sitting down with James Benja a little bit later on today to record Inside Extra Time, Inside Arsenal Extra Time. That is going to go out as a regular show in the morning tomorrow while I'm flying over to Porto and then hopefully I'll do another video later on in the evening after Mikel Arteta's press conference at the Drag Out. Until then, have a very good day everyone. I will speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.